Why did it count backwards? I know that we're now recording. <laughs> what? Hello, Captain. <laughs> what do I? Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. So leadership, life, and everything else. Yeah. And we're live. <laughs> no, we're recording. Oh, okay, we're recording. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Captain and the Clown. A podcast on life, leadership, and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Today's destination... Confidence. Confidence, confidence. Okay, what have you been up to lately? Um... I'm Michelle, your guy. <laughs> I forgot that bit. Hi, Michelle. Hi, guy. <laughs> you, you're the captain? <laughs> yeah, and you're I'm obviously the clown. The clown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have I been up to? Well, I am here in Darwin with you. Yes, yes. I've come up here to do some work. I've got a client up here, so doing some resilience training. That was fun. Excellent. Yes, yes. and thank you for letting me tell one of my stories during the course. Yeah, no, that was, that was a brilliant story. I love hearing your stories. Oh, they were a great group group too mm. who was, um, very engaged yes. and they gave a lot back they did they did so confidence yes were you always a confident person no and still there are times when i am not feeling confident really yeah oh, you look no. very confident no you always no come across as a very confident person oh, i fake it well then do you <laughs> i do, do you? i do yeah i was look i grew up as a um tall skinny awkward um almost like a giraffe on roller skates sort of thing um yeah no not confident no. at all i didn't fit in oh <laughs> I, I find that hard to believe like knowing you now i didn't know you as a child but yeah okay yeah, yeah how about yeah. yourself no 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 I, I had none i had no confidence i was a i always joke with people it's not a joke it's true i used to be a shy sensitive insecure little sook um i'm still a sook i cry in movies but i'm not shy anymore but yeah no i, I had massive insecurities as a kid and uh even in, as a young man um even when the point when i was i was playing you know elite sport i i had massive insecurities the kids would say things to me at school and i would go home crying all sorts of insecurities and it was yeah, you know, it was horrible I hated it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I look. I I can identify with that definitely. And even growing up, um, you know, if there was something new, I'd, there'd always be that hesitation because yep. I wasn't confident. Uh, it was either a new group of people, a new activity, first day of school, first day of uni, that mm. sort of thing. My confidence it really took. A long time to get into my groove so to speak and yeah. and, and feel confident in that situation mm. yeah so we chose this uh this topic because mm. we you follow confident people yeah and, yeah and nobody wants to feel insecure no no and leaders are confident well they need to be confident that's right a lot of them aren't and they they cover that up with with silly behaviors yeah 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 but, well that's right immediately comes to mind a couple of Ex-captains, well, captains um, that I know that were definitely not confident mm. but were leaders by title mm. in the role. So tried to hide their lack of confidence they with did. other behaviours. Yeah, yeah, not nice behaviours. No, yes. bluster yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So um, what is confidence? I, I, I've been interested in this topic for a long time because as an insecure kid, didn't want to be 
didn't want to be insecure. So I've, I went on a bit of a journey to try and find out what confidence was. And at first I thought it was about being good at stuff. So go out and learn stuff. And, mm. and then I, I discovered that that's not actually true confidence because that means that you can only be confident in that area that you're good at. So if you become good at a particular skill or a particular area of knowledge, you can only feel confident in that area because it's contextual. But true confidence is where, where you can be confident in situations where maybe you know nothing. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. Yes, and, and I'm now thinking of actually a situation that I haven't thought about for ages where the um, when I was training to become a captain, mm-hmm. I read, I knew everything in the books. Like I, I could, you know, tell you off by heart, verbatim, all of the manuals, all of the figures, the whole thing. And yet my confidence was low because I didn't feel like, especially in the training, I hadn't... Um, Hadn't tried it on, even though I'd been flying for so long prior. Mm. It was just that that lack of confidence, which um, obviously the you know the training captains could see, mm. and it was that was the main uh, critique or feedback that I got. You know, you're you shit really well. Mm-hmm. You know everything really well. You could pull apart an aircraft almost and put it back together. But it's that confidence, and that's what I needed to work on. Mm. So you, you you weren't there. You knew your stuff, but you just didn't have the, the com- confidence. No, that's mm-hmm. right. And so it was only after talking uh, to a mentor of mine and a uh, female captain, and she was just saying, you know, you know this stuff. It's that fear of, of judgment, basically. That's it. It's what it was. Yeah. And and once I um, spoke with her and, and, you know, just over coffee and, and she was telling me some of her stories and, and how she approached things, it was like, aha, uh-huh, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a similar journey. Like I, I was getting good at stuff, but I was still shitting myself internally. I, I learned to public speak because I nearly passed out the first time I had to do it at university. And then uh, I started to get good at it, started to practice it but I was still internally really nervous. And then I discovered that it's not about being good at stuff. It's about when you stop fearing the, other, the judgment of other people, as you said. So mm. confidence, confident people don't fear the judgment of others. Don't fear the judgment of others. That's right. They're yeah. aware of others, mm. but it's not the, <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't hold you back. No. So, no. yeah. Yeah. So when, when we, when we um, get good at things, we're confident in that skill. But self-confidence comes from when you have a mindset shift and you don't fear other people's judgment. And one of the ways that I was able to achieve that is by realizing that um, people don't judge me. They actually judge themselves through me. I'm mm. just the catalyst yeah. of their judgment. And I'll, I'll explain it in, in a deeper in a deeper way in a moment but once I started to realize that being good at stuff wasn't going to be the path I needed to work on my internal mindset I need to stop fearing the judgment of others now there is there is a bit of a a danger here because you can stop caring Mm. and that's not what I'm saying I'm not saying you don't care about people's judgment you've got to care about people I care deeply about people I just do not fear their judgment and and so once I started to get that mindset that I'm every day just going to do my best yeah and and really they're judging themselves through me and I'll give you an example I was running a a training course and they'd set up the room so there was a tiny little area for me at the front behind this desk and it just it was cramped and the audience the the participants in this course were were in a semicircle behind the desk and there was some space there so I went around and I started training in front of the desk instead of behind the desk where they'd set set me up and the the lady that had actually set up the room said oh why why aren't you standing up there and it was a fantastic opportunity because we were talking about confidence in this course. And I, and I said, well, why do you want me to stand up there? She said, because that's where I would. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, so 
you're judging where I stand in the room. She said, yeah. I said, well, actually, you're not. You're judging yourself. She went, what? And so it was a great opportunity to talk to the class about how she needed me to stand at the front of the class because that's what she would do. That would make her feel valid in what she would do. It had nothing to do with me. I, I was standing where I wanted to be. Mm. She wanted me to stand somebody else, somewhere else because that would make her feel comfortable about where she would be if she was doing my job. Yeah. So she yeah. was judging herself through me. And it's a really empowering thought to, to think that people don't judge you. They judge themselves through you. And then if you stop fearing their judgment, then it frees up all of your neural resources to do whatever it is that you're there to do. So almost the, um, the expectation isn't necessarily a performance expectation. It's the technique mm. or the process expectation. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you can put it that way, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so have you got any hacks for how to improve confidence? Ah, absolutely. Um, So body language is a big one. Um, You see people and even yourself, um, like physically, if you're walking around shoulders hunched, looking down, obviously uncomfortable, Mm. and it's, you know, you try and make yourself smaller, which I'm guilty of doing, um, especially when I was younger, you know, and growing up. Being so tall. tall. Mm. Yeah. Even though you're tiny compared to me. (laughs) (laughs) The, um, so it's just that the act of putting your shoulders back, your head, Mm. head up and taking in a big, deep breath, you... You physically, you know, you're getting oxygen to your brain so you feel better and, and the blood starting to flow. But that just that uh, feeling of being larger. Mm. So Tony Robbins does it in uh, some of his courses where it's, you know, the power pose basically where you do a um, – and, and you can adopt the pose, whatever it is. Some people do like Superman arms or, you know, punch or, mm. or um, do like a Ninja Warrior sort of thing, whatever it is that you want to do. And you can do it in private or public. Yeah, but I do mine in private. <laughs> <laughs> you can just um, almost like wearing metaphor- metaphor- metaphorically, metaphorically yeah. thank you, wearing your undies on the outside. Yes. And Which just- I did when I was in the circus. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. Actually, there are photos. Uh- <laughs> Evidence. It's on the internet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, and it reminds me of a bad dream I used to have as a kid, okay. but it was, um, that, that thing of, of making yourself larger than life so mm. that you can then go out and own it. Amy Cuddy talks about it in that TED talk. You've, you've yeah, seen that one, the body yeah. language one. Yes. Yeah. So she got people into her, into her study, got them to stand either in powerful positions or more insecure positions and measured their hormone levels. And she, she showed that there's a relationship between, how you hold your body and the hormones that are in your in your body. So mm. if you stand tall confidently, your body is going to produce testosterone uh, and reduce your cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone. But if you sit all hunched over or stand all hunched over and make yourself smaller, like you said, it changes your hormone levels. You get less t- testosterone and you have more cortisol, the stress hormone. So I use that before I get on stage. Um, so I'll stand in the wings, make sure no one can see me, and I close my eyes and I just pretend to be taller. I pretend that I'm growing. I pretend that I've got wings. I grow and I just feel my energy rising. So when I get on stage I feel confident and big mm, yeah I like that yeah one. I also smile so that's a, another technique I use and yep. anyone who knows me knows that I you smile, smile all a lot the time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't stop smiling it's brilliant but that's that's another technique yeah. so it's that smile it's really hard to feel um insecure or, or nervous with a smile mm. and even smiling 30 seconds you yeah. feel you feel happy yes and and happier and more at ease so yeah it's another just... great hack i've heard is chew chewing gum 
Hey. Yeah, you don't do it in meetings. No, <laughs> don't do it around no. people that you want to come across as professional. But the act of chewing gum is when you're chewing, it sends a signal to your brain that you're safe. Because when we used to live in tribes wandering around, uh, you know, before we have these lovely buildings, and we only sat down to eat around our campfire when we were safe. Mm, so the act of chewing actually sends a signal to your brain, hey, I'm, I must be safe because I'm eating. And so if you chew gum... Again, not in meetings, not in presentations, but you chew gum, it sends a signal to your brain that you're actually in a safe position, so you're not going to feel as nervous. And I guess that's why we have comfort eating, because when you comfort eat, it lowers your stress levels. But yeah, yeah. I, I like that one as well. So. I'm not a gum chewer. I don't know if I'd yeah. adopt that one. But really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, okay. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm just not. Yeah, never. Yeah. never. It, it works I, for me. Yeah, I, I suppose it's my um, internal judgment of people who turn up to meetings, etc. Ah, okay. Chewing gum. Yes. It's like, eh, right, so you chew know. chewing gum, don't yeah. do it in meetings. No, no, no okay. that's right. I now look at, I suppose, another another thing that I have another worked. Hack. Yeah, a hack that I've worked on with confidence or increasing my confidence or gaining confidence uh, where I didn't prior was criticism and critiquing oh, so that sensitivity to yeah criticism. yeah so if i had received any um sensitive uh, sensitivity if i'd received any uh a critique for yep. example on mm. my performance on anything mm. now know that i am the worst critic of my of, that there is of as yourself. far as of myself yes. that's right I was so say, you don't come across as <laughs> critical of anyone <laughs> But it's um, so no. There's nothing anyone can say that's worse than what my internal, you know, head messages Which are saying. Which might be something we need to talk about in another podcast. That's right. <laughs> However, what I have done is I've rewired my perception of um, critiquing yeah. as feedback. So rather than hearing, "Oh, this is bad," and and take it personally yeah. that I have done bad, mm. I look at what they've said feedback-wise, mm. and if it. It's coming across as an attack. I um, and I'm starting to feel attacked. I ask questions. Yes. So I, I need more clarification. So rather than it being a personal thing, I do clarify. So it becomes feedback, and I can use that information. It's a feedback loop. Okay. And that has rewired that. So I can still maintain my ego can maintain confidence, mm. and. I can then work on that in yeah, the background. Yeah. So confident people see feedback as information. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So like Shakespeare said, there is nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Yes. So it's information coming your way. You get to determine whether you label it as criticism mm. or whether you label it as information. And if it's information without any emotional reaction inside, I guess, um, you can then choose to use that information to improve, change, adjust, or continue the way you've done things i guess yeah, yeah and, it, and like it, it's really helpful especially if if there is an emotional attachment to the person that mm. is giving that feedback mm. so again removing yourself or removing the emotion from it yeah. and looking at at purely feedback now that may mean i need to physically remove myself from that conversation yeah. for five minutes an hour a day whatever um and text is the worst yeah but the um, the ability to look at it as you said as information mm -hmm. yeah so that yeah. that definitely gives me confidence. 
I didn't like being wrong as a kid. Um, so that was one thing that I had to adjust uh, because I, I feared people's judgment. So I, I thought that when they were saying that I was wrong, that I was wrong, not mm. that the thought that I had was wrong. Yeah. And so one of the things I've done is to remove or separate my ego from my thoughts. So if you say, hey, guy, that's wrong, I go, oh, okay, interesting. Tell me about how you see it. Mm. And just because you've told me that I'm wrong doesn't mean I'm going to instantly believe you, but I'm going to now listen to you and listen to your arguments and listen to your point of view and then I can weigh it up against the thought that I've had and then I can make my own judgment on whether I believe that the way I think is right or not. The other thing I've noticed is years ago when people said I was wrong, I did start to listen to them more often than when I was a defensive little insecure kid. Um, And I found that originally I would then, if I thought that they were wrong, I'd try and convince them that they were wrong. And I realized Mm. over the years that that wasn't me being confident. That was me being insecure because... I needed other people to think what I thought in order for me to feel confident. Yeah. 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 You see that a lot Mm. where people are, you know, really forcing their ideas onto Mm. people. And it's not because they're right. It's just that insecurity of them being wrong. They need other people to think the same in order for them to feel confident. Mm. Yeah, no, so, I like that one. What about mistakes? How did you how did you feel about mistake making mistakes when you were younger? Uh, similar to you in the fact that I took it as a um, a personal attack, I suppose. In in um, if I made a mistake mm. again, I was really really hard on myself. Mm. Um, and however, and and sometimes it got to the stage actually where if I did enough mistakes or I was being um, berated in my mind by others, I would then almost stop attempting anymore because mm-hmm. it was easier. Okay. And I see that in kids, you know, um, it, depending on who their teacher is or, or how they've, um, they're being parented or, or guided, you see kids just give up yep. because it's easier than going through the mistakes. So they've got a fixed mindset. They do, yeah. they do. But now, yeah, I, I'm uh, fortunate that, you know, you're you, like the community that you hang around and um, my community are very, very supportive of um, giving a go. Mm. So rather than seeing it as a mistake, it's an opportunity to have mm. a go. Mm. Okay, it didn't work that time. Let's yep. have another go. Reminds me of one of my favorite sports people, Michael Jordan. Um, he would be interviewed and they'd be praising him and telling him how great he is and how great he was when he was playing basketball and all of his achievements. And I love the fact that every single interview – he always directs the conversation back to how many times he failed. Because his relationship to when he failed, where he didn't make the winning shot on the buzzer, his relationship to it is fantastic. And it's a great lesson for everyone because instead of seeing it as a failure, he saw it as his training ground, his opportunity to become the best in the world like he did. And so he's very happy to point out when he failed because he sees that all those failures as when he became better. And, and if we can get that into our kids' heads that when you fail, you're learning. There's no such thing as failure. There's only learning. And... I hope this is true. It's on the internet. So I, I, <laughs> it must be true. Then. It must yeah. be true. But Thomas Edison, who invented the light globe, he had lots of patents. He tried lots of different ways to make the light globe. And again, I've heard the, the number 10,000. Uh, and I, I've, I've read a story where a journalist said to Mr. Edison, Mr. Edison, how do you feel about failing 10,000 times? And Mr. Edison said, sir, I did not fail 10,000 times. I found 10,000 things that do not work. Mm-hmm. And I think if that's a true story, if that's real, it's on it's on on the internet so it's going to be real um what a fantastic and confident way maybe a little bit arrogant as well but that's a, a fantastic way of showing that the failures 
are where we learn and where we grow from. And so we shouldn't fear failure, should we? No, but you see, well, unfortunately on social media, um, you do see just the heavily filtered successes and you don't see all of the the grit and determination and the failures and the things that didn't quite work or they flopped on the way. Mm. which is a pity because is. that's part of the journey. It but is. Anyway, well, yeah. there are people who do it well. They they show the whole journey, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. a trap I think that people fall into. So there is almost that false confidence of, mm. you know, and and so then if you're trying to give it a go, um, you see these people who are succeeding all the time, um, yet you know. Un- underneath the filters yeah and see not, all of those failures so all those yeah, attempts yeah. Yeah, especially all the videos where they've maybe recorded it a hundred times before they posted it online exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. so I think the and, and you know leaders have they, they're not born confident no it's a it's a learned skill mm. and some of the hacks that we've suggested mm. um can help yeah. and even incorporating a little bit to aid some, you know, or add to your confidence or help with confidence mm. building mm. can then set you on the path to becoming more confident and being a confident leader yeah. and instilling confidence in others. There's one thing I'd like to see more leaders do, actually everyone do, is that when they do make a mistake. So let's say you've promised to do something mm. for somebody and you forget to do it or you're late with an email that you had to send through. Many, many people, when, they're, when you know, somebody calls them out on their mistake, hey, you didn't call me back on Tuesday or you didn't get that email to me, instead of uh, following the process I'll teach you in a moment, that what they do is, is they say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, or they say, oh, I was busy. They start to defend themselves. But a confident person, when, they're, when they've been pointed out, when it's pointed out that they've made a mistake, the very first thing that they should do is own it. Mm. Yeah, I did say I was going to call you on Tuesday and I should have called you. Um, and then you fix it and you say, oh, well, I'm going to fix that by working with you now. And then, then you apologize. You go, yeah, and I apologize. I didn't call you back when I said I would. Yeah. So I, I call it awful. Own it, fix it, apologize and learn from it so it doesn't happen again. And and if we had more people doing that, it, I've, I'm very lucky. I've made some big mistakes in my career and I've had the opportunity to do this where you own it straight away. You said, yes, I've made a mistake there. I'm going to fix it. And I apologize that I didn't do that. Mm. And it's interesting when you walk away from giving the person awful, owning it, fixing it, apologize, and, and then you learn from it, your self-esteem goes up, your confidence goes up because you know you've done the right thing. But if you defend yourself or if you say sorry, that sorry isn't for them. No. That sorry is for you. It's like saying to somebody, hey, I'm sorry, please don't be angry at me. I, I don't like it when you're angry at me. They're not really saying sorry for the other person. It's, it's almost like pleading, mm. don't, don't be angry. But yeah. if, somebody, if you've made a mistake, the other person is going to be a little bit angry or a bit frustrated. And so you just need to own it. I made a mistake. Yeah, I'm gonna fix it. But and you give them the opportunity to come back with something, but after owning it, because it's part of that feedback loop. Yeah. So more information, and then you know, if they they they're still allowed to be upset, they're mm. still allowed to be disappointed. That's and, it. And you can get that feedback, but you're confident in owning, yeah, your error, your mistake. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So we're up to uh, nearly 22 minutes and uh, I think that might be enough for the first podcast on on confidence. Yeah. I think we could probably 
go down this rabbit hole a bit deeper with confidence. I think there's a lot more to learn about it. Yeah, there are yeah. a couple of people that come to mind I'd love to interview. Just they come across as very confident leaders and, yeah. and I love their style and, and just how they make those people around them that they are leading feel. Yeah, because so, yeah. Yeah, you follow confident people. Definitely. Mm, well, mm. you always say that length is important, so <laughs> that might be the end of this first uh, podcast on confidence. So <laughs> where can people find us? Okay, if they go to captainandtheclown.com, you can see all of our contact details if you want to uh, book Guy or myself for a keynote speaking or training in leadership uh, resilience and yeah. many other or things. Or just follow us on the socials so you can keep yeah. up with the stuff that we're doing. Yeah, and also please reach out if you've got anything that you'd like to discuss with us, uh, that you'd like us to discuss, yeah. we're, we're open to all suggestions. Or if you're interested in even coming on the podcast and discussing these topics, life, yeah. leadership and everything else, because yeah. we've really limited ourselves with those three topics. <laughs> <laughs> So how are we going to sign off? How are we going to sign off on these podcasts? What do we say? Enjoy the journey? (laughs) Sayonara. No, No, that's what I use with my son. Can't use that one. Um, I don't know. Have a great week. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Well, that was fun. That was fun. (laughs) You're such a clown. The clown. Lady captain. (laughs) And who's going to listen to this? Maybe our mums. Thanks, mum.